So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I am Matt, and in this episode, I am recording solo. It is the eve of my co-host, Quentin Karen arriving to Orlando for our Neozaz slash Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast, Halloween Horror Nights weekend. Now, we haven't had a show in a few weeks. It's been quite busy around here. It's been a busy month for Halloween Horror Nights. A lot of people, including myself, have been enjoying Halloween Horror Nights 26 as much as possible. Along with that, Karen has been in a virtual Halloween Horror Nights 26 blackout, trying to keep as spoiler-free as possible. So we haven't talked much about the event either, except for a very few non-spoiler texts over the past couple weeks. Now, with all that in mind, and along with trying to provide some details, tips, and information for first-time Halloween Horror Nights visitors, I've tried to put together a short special episode that provides some Halloween Horror Nights 26 coverage that is spoiler-free, mainly keeping it spoiler-free for Karen's benefit. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the Halloween Horror Nights event-specific food and drink and tell you where to find it. We're about to start the busiest weeks of Halloween Horror Nights. It's going to get crowded. You're going to be on your feet, and you're going to get hungry. Now, if you listen to our first-timer tips episode, you have heard us talk about avoiding the usual eateries like Mel's Diner, uh, Richter Burgers, Springfield Fast Food Lane, etc. That's because there's a lot of food offered at Halloween Horror Nights that's not available during a regular park day visit. One thing we didn't mention in that episode, but have mentioned from time to time in subsequent follow-ups, is where to find some of these foods, because in some instances, there's only one way to get some of them. So in this episode, I'm going to lay out what Halloween Hard Nights has to offer and where to find it, and hopefully, if there's something you're wanting to find specifically, you'll have this info in your memory and you won't miss out on that specific item you're looking for. But before we start with that, let's talk about something that's not hard to find. The event drinks. This is one thing you're never going to have a hard time finding. And there's three main event mixed drinks and two event beers for Halloween Horror Nights 26. Every tent with the word bar on it will have these mixed drinks. Even some of the bars in the parks will have the mixed drinks. Duff Gardens and Moe's Tavern spring to mind. And I'm not admitting nor denying that I may have spent some time in both these locations during Halloween Horror Nights. But you can probably connect the dots from there. Now, the two specialty beers are a little less common to find than the mixed drinks. They're only in the double-sized bar tents. You have the single-sized tents. They have all the mixed drinks, and I believe they each have Bud Light and Rebel IPA. If you want to get one of the specialty beers, you have to find one of the double tents, the ones with the kind of two peaked roofs. But there's plenty of those as well. If you don't come across one right away, you're not going to have to go far to find one. The specialty mixed drinks this year, like I said, there's three. Keeping with the theme and motif throughout the entire park, we have a red and a blue choice to start with. 
First one I'm going to talk about is called Chance's Kiss. This is the red one. This is coconut rum, spiced rum, watermelon schnapps, and fruit juice. The second one is the blue one, and that is called Chance's Curse. This one is made from vodka, raspberry liqueur, blue curacao, sour mix, and orange juice. Then the third is a 50-50 mix of the two, and this one is called Mayhem Madness. I've tried all three at this point. My first remark on all three is that they are pretty sweet. They're not clawingly sweet, but they are a sweet drink, both of them. They're also a little sneaky. You don't get a strong taste of alcohol, but it's there. Believe me, it's there. So be careful and keep that in mind when you're ordering these drinks. The predominant flavor of Chance's Kiss is coconut. At least that's what my palate tasted. For Chance's Curse, I tasted mostly raspberry. For Mayhem Madness, it's really odd because it's both. The first thing I taste is coconut while I'm drinking it. Then there is a predominantly raspberry aftertaste. My personal favorite this year is Chance's Curse. But, I mean, honestly, any three choices are really good. And if you're going to get your annual Blinky Cup, you might as well get one of these drinks. The beers. Okay, I'm going to do my best here, but I'm going to say outright that I do not like the event beers this year. And that is probably the first time I've ever said that about any of the Halloween Hard Night event beers. The beers this year are Clown Crew Brew and Halloween Hard Night's Pumpkin Ale. I tried the Pumpkin Ale first this year, mainly because I don't generally care for pumpkin ales and I was kind of getting it out of the way early. It's along the lines of many other pumpkin ales. It has the pumpkin spices I expect. It's a fair tasting dark gold delight amber and colored ale. It's not bad. It's just not for me. And that goes with all pumpkin ales, not this one. But if you like pumpkin ales, get this because you won't be disappointed. It's a quality brew. It's a quality beer. I'm just not a pumpkin spice fan. Now on the clown crew brew. Okay. Well, this is a wheat beer we'll start off with. And that kind of goes hand in hand with my pumpkin ale statement. I don't generally like wheat beers. After that, it's also incredibly sweet. It's possibly one of the sweetest beers I've ever had, even sweeter than a like a typical Christmas ale. This one is really not for me. Again, it's not bad. I finished it. I even tried it again a week later to give it a fair and honest shot at a review, but it's it's really just too sweet for me. I could only ever have just that one I ordered, and in the end, it was a little bit of a struggle to get down. But if you like wheat beers and you don't mind a sweeter taste to your beer, then go for it. Even though these beers aren't my taste, they are still quality, well-brewed beers. Don't get me wrong. It just happens to, after all these years of having good luck with the event beers, it happens to fall in a taste range that's not for me. This is my opinion. They've not skimped on the quality. It's still the same quality as before. The tastes just, unfortunately, for me, are not in the range I enjoy. Now, with all that kind of negative reports on the beer, and believe me, no one is more disappointed in that report than me, I do have some good news to wrap up this section. If you don't like pumpkin ales or if you don't like sweet beer, there is another special offering this time of year at Universal Studios, and it is available during Halloween Horror Nights. Head over to Springfield, stop at Duff Gardens or Moe's Tavern, and get yourself a Dufftoberfest. It's their limited time Mars and Oktoberfest beer, and it is phenomenal. And truth be told, it's what I've been drinking almost exclusively for Halloween Horror Nights 26. I got a couple more notes on drinks here before we get into the food. In the park area, and I'm talking about the area that looks like a park with trees and benches and and park-like stuff, there's a stand across from the mummy, and it has frozen drinks. 
and I'll be damned if I haven't lost my notes for those in this recording. I think there was a lemonade-based one. There may have even been a margarita. I'm not sure, and I'm a little bummed, actually, that I lost those portion of my notes. Either way, that area is available as well, and they do have Halloween Horror Night-themed names. Again, I wish I had this. Maybe um, I'll have the opportunity to post those on a Facebook post accompanying this, but I do not have those notes at my fingertips. But if you like frozen drinks and you're looking for something event-specific, check out that stand across from the mummy in the park. And last but not least, talking about drinks, there is, of course, the roaming blood bag sales. I can't say what the sales characters are because Karen hasn't seen them yet, but you can't miss them. And they're pushing IV racks full of jello shot blood bags, so they're not going to be hard to miss. I haven't had one yet this year, so I don't know if it's the same mix or the same recipe that we've gotten used to the past couple of years at Halloween Horror Nights and Mardi Gras. I usually wait for the news as night when we have all of our rides to and from the park lined up and scheduled. No one's driving, and we can really get into the drinks, but not too much. I mean, it's pretty pointless to get sloppy blackout drunk at this event, and I really don't know why people do. I just get to a nice comfort level throughout the night, and that's pretty much what all of us aim for. On that note, to actually wrap up the drink section, I do want to say if you plan to drink, have a designated driver or plan for an Uber or some other sort of ride, be it a bus, a cab or whatnot. With the time it takes to plan out a visit to Halloween Horror Nights and the ease of getting an Uber in Orlando, there's like zero excuse not to be safe and plan ahead. So just take that extra five minutes that it takes to arrange that and be safe. Now on to the food. I'm going to break it down into two parts. The first part is the maze or house exit food stands. Now, what I mean by that is that these are the food stands that are available as you exit some of the mazes. By and large, they're going to have foods that you're going to find throughout the park and not really event-specific foods, except for one important exception. All right, first, let's start with Ghost Town. There's a food stand as you exit the Ghost Town maze, and everyone should be exiting the Ghost Town maze that goes to Halloween Heart Nights 26 because this is a cannot-miss maze. Nothing real remarkable here, but they do have churros, turkey legs, and soft pretzels. The exits for American Horror Story and The Exorcist pass the same food stand, and again, nothing real remarkable here. It's turkey legs and churros again. Now for the important one, and really the only reason I made this kind of individual section tomb of the ancients and texas chainsaw massacre that both exit the same food stand and then there should be no excuse for missing this one either because these are two can't miss mazes as well this stand has soft pretzels but more importantly it has the infamous pizza with a hot dog in the crust that quint missed last year and ironically our vegetarian friend lou did not this is an event food and it is one of the foods that i have one and only one of each year. It's not for the weak of stomach. You may not feel great about yourself a day or two later, but it's a hot dog wrapped inside pizza. I, I don't think I need to say anymore. So that pretty much does it for the exit food stands. I know I've only mentioned five of the nine mazes, and there is food in small bars outside some of the other ones, but it's nothing I'd really stop for. These are the ones that I'd most likely check out, uh, specifically the hot dog wrapped in pizza outside Tomb and Chainsaw. Now on to the food in the park and the things that you generally aren't going to get during a day at Universal. In other words, the event food. Let's start with the area that I used to call Fried Alley. That's because for years, it was all fried food. It still has a lot of fried things, but there's a new addition this year. If you go straight through the entrance through Production Central and into New York, you'll see the wall of Jimmy Fallon's where Twister used to be. Across from that wall, that's the area I used to call Fried Alley. 
Here you're going to find pizza, meatball subs, uh, fresh made chips, a new addition to the event this year, the Bavarian pretzel stand. It has salted pretzels, cinnamon pretzels, and a ham and Swiss pretzel sandwich. I have not visited this stand yet. I think I will this Wednesday, right before Quentin and Karen get here. There's a stand for chicken wings and fries and a funnel cake tent with funnel cakes, elephant ears, and a new funnel cake sundae. The funnel cake sundae is on my radar, but I haven't tried it yet. If I do, there might be a special recording on that because that sounds pretty interesting. Okay, so past all this, when you take a right to the survive or die scare zone, at the end of that scare zone is a double tent bar and a very, very important food stand. This is the home of the Twisted Taters. I can't say this enough. If you're going to eat only one event food at Halloween Horror Nights, I highly, highly encourage you to try a Twisted Tater. It's a sixth food group as far as I'm concerned. There's also a chicken parmesan sub sold at this stand. I don't know how I feel about Twisted Taters sharing space with another food, but there it is. Now, going across the lagoon through Springfield and over the bridge towards the Bill and Ted's Theater, there's a courtyard with a single bar tent and another food stand. This one offers chicken tenders and loaded fries. I think this got bumped out of Fried Alley by the uh, Bavarian pretzel stand this year. The loaded fries. This is a good on-the-move food. You can eat them while you take the long walk to either side of the park. They're, they taste pretty good, and they fill you up nicely without stuffing you. They've actually been a pretty good on-the-run meal for me over the years. Now, last but not least, into the kids zone and the last event food offerings. In the kids zone, on the left-hand side, after you enter, you have cheesesteaks. Now, some of you may know I am originally from Philadelphia, but I'm going to stop myself here from further comment. I could go on for another 30 minutes arguing whether or not this is a cheesesteak, but I won't. Chicken zingers are kind of spicy chicken fingers, fried shrimp, and shrimp sandwiches. Not too far from the po'boys that they serve at Mardi Gras. Not quite the same, but... You can kind of get the same idea of what you're going to get when you order a shrimp sandwich. And with that, that is just about it for the event foods and drinks. Apart from the Bavarian pretzels, I've had all these foods. and Not in one year alone, I want to point out. I've had them over the years. There's really no bad choices here, and they're mostly cooked to order. Sometimes I'll have them ready ahead of time, but um, they've been there for minutes, not hours, like you would get at some places. If they're pre-prepared, they've not been there long, so don't worry about that if you get there and you see some of the foods ready and to be served right then and there as you order. What I like most about these foods is they're portable. You don't need a table and chair to eat them. You can eat them on the go. Now, if you get a drink, it's a little tricky, but it's manageable. I, myself, I, I can't have a meal or even really eat anything without a drink. So I'm always carrying the food in one hand and usually a bottle of water uh, either in the other hand or under my arm or somehow. Again, I'm, the stage I'm trying to set here is it's a little tricky, but it's manageable. So you can grab something, head to your next destination and pretty much probably be done your meal by the time you get there. So it's a time saver and it's usually pretty tasty. Those, of course, are not the only foods in the park. Most of the major eateries are open as well. I, of course, as I started out with this episode, I, I'd say to I encourage you to check out the event foods. But if Halloween Horror Nights is the only time you're visiting the park during the year and you want to see Springfield or Mills or one of the other famous places, to eat, then by all means do so. I don't want to stop you from from doing that because they're just as fun. And on that note, that will just about do it for this special short catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast episode. About two days after this post, Karen will finally have experienced Halloween Hard Nights 26, so maybe she'll finally talk to Quint and I again, and we can get some more episodes with the three of us recorded. Until then, 
Enjoy Halloween Horror Nights 26. If you're listening to this before Friday, October the 14th, we will be having a meetup in Springfield behind Dove Gardens before Halloween Horror Nights starts if you're in the park that day. We'll also post where we'll be headed and stopping during the night via our Twitter account. So if you want to meet up sometime that night as well, make sure to check out our Twitter account. It is at NewsEz. Well, thanks for listening to this solo recording. I hope to see you this weekend or any of the other remaining weekends of Halloween Horror Nights. I will be there, if not every night, almost every night from now till the event ends. We'll be back soon with new episodes with all three of us. Until then, I will say one more time, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in that next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.